Welcome to Watch Party Wheel of Time. I'm your host, Ruark, joined once again by our very, 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 very small panel of newbies today. <laughs> Say hello, panel. Hello, panel. <laughs> that, uh, that emaciated panel you just heard, that's Siobhan. Hey, everybody. And Greg. Hello, dear. Uh, yeah, everybody else apparently too busy this weekend. It's a busy weekend. Going out and having lives, how dare they? I guess the uh, the tide is rolling again today somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So we, we knew we were not going to have some Mario. Everybody else, what's your excuse? Well, I, I may have to make an excuse uh, very soon because there's a thunderstorm rolling in and I am in Texas and our grid is shit. So uh, <laughs> if I drop out, it, it's nature. You get to hear me pontificate for an hour. <laughs> you know, I believe in you, Siobhan. I believe you can pontificate for an hour, especially about this episode. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, stuff that, to talk about. Yeah, that is episode 205, Damane. Uh, we start out this episode. We are back on Tomenhead in Falm. Uh, we see lots of the Sean Chan ships in the harbor, and I have to say those ships were exactly like they were described in the books. Those they ships are amazing. Like, yeah. They, the they amount of detail beautiful. in these sets just blows me away, all the spikes in the woodwork. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, we end up seeing uh, our friend Suroth, uh, High Lady Suroth and Ishi. They're in front of High Lord Turok, who apparently is a higher lord than Suroth. Uh, he is the he is the leader of the Halini. Halini. Ha, 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 I don't remember how they said it. Halin, Halin, yeah, I always said it Halin in my head. Hollandaise. Holland. Yeah, there you go. The Hollandaise. Hollandaise. And we find out that Suroth has to speak with her own voice. She cannot have her voice with a capital V speak for her. This has got real Metatron vibes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you are not worthy of hearing the voice of the leader. So they have somebody assigned to talk for them. Turok dresses her down for a minute uh, saying, you know, you, you went and took this little village that's outside of, of where we can really hold for the time being. And it's just going to fall back into other people's hands. Why did you do that? It's like basic in Australia and risk. <laughs> as a punishment she has her fingernails chopped off and this seems very very traumatic to her oh yeah yeah i mean you spend all this time growing those nails and get a bad manicure and eh. so like she's it's going to take like 10 years to grow those nails so that basically that demotion has like she can't just suddenly get her her old job back like she has to wait until her symbol of status regrows. That's a hell of a punishment. Like it's irreversible. She might even have to start wiping her own ass. What a come down. I mean, but granted, this, the nails are still are still pretty long. I mean, we're talking, yeah. you know, yeah. Dolly Parton level, you know, right there. So she can still put an eye out. Yeah, that's true. And in this scene, we notice that Hylor Turok tells her to kneel, but she doesn't kneel until Ishi indicates that she should actually do that. Yeah. And, and Turok notices. Definitely some power factions happening here. And the scene ends with Pot and Fane presenting Turok with the Horn of Valir, which Turok immediately is, knows what it is. That little strut that Pot and Fane has as he's bringing it. And whistling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this man has no respect. Oh, no, not at all. 
I'm telling you, he's Omar from The Wire. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> they ain't coming. So there's a few things I noticed about this scene. So first of all, there's the whole political thing about they had there obviously this um peninsula does in fact have a defensive fortress they've taken it over and nobody seems to know like none of the other nations have realized that one of their defensive fortresses has fallen well from what you said you found in the x-rays about toman head greg this era, or was that Greg or Siobhan? One of you brought this up where Toman Head is, is kind of between two nations and mm-hmm. they kind of alternately claim it when it's, when, when it's, it's convenient. advantageous yeah. to do so, but otherwise they just kind of ignore it. So, you know, I mean, if you're going to land an invasion force, the place where people kind of ignore unless they really need to bother is seems like a good place to start yeah i think there's an island off iceland that or off greenland that has the same thing where it's like canadian and iceland uh you know they steal each other's flags yeah it's been going on for like a hundred (laughs) years they started leaving beer for each other which is cool but uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i want to know just what you think about the sean chan now that you've seen more of the the sean chan nobility and and how their society is is put together there's still higher people out in the eastlands or wherever they're from um yeah their their society is uh it seems to be equal men and women mm-hmm. but that's the political reality that's sort of the same thing that's happening in uh in indoor as well because you've got the queen and then You've also got the, you know, the, as we as we find out, uh, Moraine's nephew is about to become king. So that that's actually not in Andor. That's in Kyrian. Oh, in Kyria. Okay, I thought it was the. Yeah. Okay, I thought it was the Andoran uh, queen. That was no. That is the Kyrian queen. Gotcha. The Andoran queen is Elaine's mother. They are two two separate countries, very close to each other, but two separate. That's true. That's true. Okay. All right. Okay. That makes sense. Just as an aside, the, the Andorran Kyrian, uh, um, interplay in their history is very, very reminiscent of French and English. Oh yeah. So, so just keep that in mind when you think <laughs> about Andorran and, and Kyrian. Yeah. Hot and cold. Understood. So they're, they're, they're obviously very formal, like they have all these huge protocols. It's a very decadent society, like, you know, your generals aren't going out and fighting with those fingernails. They even have their prisoners dressed up in order to present them. So, like, they have, um, sorry, I, I've lost his name. The, the Ingtar. Ingtar has, mm-hmm. like, makeup on. Mm-hmm. They are so formal that they will actually dress up their prisoners to, pre- to present them at court. What do we feel about the fact that they enslave Ogier? That's messed up. Well, they also yeah. slave channelers. So basically anybody who's stronger than them, they turn them into slaves. Mm-hmm. Their society is obviously run by non-channelers. Although they do talk about, um, later on in the episode, they do talk about their empress being able to see omens. So maybe their empress is a channeler. Or a bullshit artist, one of the two. Or a bullshit artist, or or has abilities like men, yeah. Uh, so our next scene, we are in the Kyrian countryside. Rand is asking 
Moraine, like she's dead. Why are we running? And Moraine's like, no, she's like, like you've seen Wolverine, you've seen Deadpool. She's, she's like that. She's got the healing factor thing going. <laughs> you did like, we got to run. Not completely dead. <laughs> <laughs> I got better. <laughs> <laughs> that scene where she's regenerating is really icky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's obviously painful. And uh, yeah, you can hear the, the squishes and the squirts and the, yeah. And you can kind of see like, like the shadow kind of emanating up and into her in order to heal her. And mm -hmm. that on its own just feels kind of icky. Um, so Lanfear, like you said, heals herself and goes after them. Um, Moraine goes to commandeer some horses and a, a stable owner, apparently, and uh, decides to kill the fourth horse so that Lanfear can't follow them. And the only thing I kept thinking right here is, why don't you take the fourth horse with you so that you can trade out? Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, she's... She is so dedicated to this, I will do the things that need to be done, is that she never looks at possible third options. Yeah, it's like, what needs to be done is not give Lanfear a way to follow them. But by killing the horse, she gives a clue as to what they may have done. If there's an empty stable, then it's like, you know, all the horses are out. Whoops. You know, that would have been better. She's... She's not that good at spying. I think she is good at spying. I think she's in a panic state right now. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. She, she this just is true. she just stabbed a forsaken. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's not thinking clear. She's just thinking I need to go. Right. So then a, a man rides up, and as Lanfear is standing there looking at the dead horse that Maureen left behind for some dumb reason, and asks if she needs help. And she says, yeah, where does this road lead? And he says, Tarvalon, didn't you know? All, all roads lead to Tarvalon. That's how it works. Uh, That's not how roads work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yeah, dude, that's a bad joke and explodes his head. <laughs> the power of head exploding. I've often wished for the power of head exploding. Oh, yeah. Yes. That would be handy sometimes. Messy, but handy. We, for the first time, I think, start to see why she is so dangerous and how ruthless she really can be. She's so casual about it. Yeah. I mean, you, you thought Moraine was ruthless for killing a horse. You know, <laughs> she just made a guy go poof just to get a horse. That exploding is way more fun. Oh, yeah. And complaining, complaining about the speed of horses because, you know, it's, she expects a flying limo. Yeah, I was going to say, she <laughs> she was last awake and, and you know, able to, to do things when they had flying cars. This is a hell of a come down. Oh, yeah. I wonder how much they're aware. Well, I mean, they, they're speaking the modern language, so I guess they must have some awareness of the passage of time. And now we're back on Tomon Head. Uh, we see Perrin and Elias chatting about uh, what it means to be Wolf Brother. And Elias is saying, your eyes, your eyes are going to turn like mine eventually, and, and you're going to see much, much better when they do. Perrin asks him if he misses anything about civilization. Elias just says, I miss beer. 100% fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss people, but I miss beer. Yeah. Valid. You can still get beer, you know. Yeah. yeah. You can still drop into a city, get some beer, and pop back out. Get some right. Crowley sunglasses. Yeah, there you go. 
and then Perrin realizes that they're back where they started. They're back in Atuan's mill. Perrin's like, "What? Why are we back here? My friends are going towards Falm. We need to go after them and and save them." And Elias is like, "Hey, you're not dead. That's you know, be grateful for what you got." Yep. And and those people aren't your pack. The the people from Two Rivers aren't your pack. Your your dead wife. She was not your pack. That is the wrong thing to say, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and Perrin uh, gets gets pissed at Elias for saying that. And in the pack, which obviously is still Elias's pack, tells Perrin, "You you don't talk to to our to a member of our pack like that." Oh yeah, the dogs are standing up for one another. Um, it it reminded me honestly of like a a scene in a biker movie where somebody says something to one biker at the bar and then the rest of the pack. All of them stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Needle scratch. Yeah. (laughs) Hopper has a concerned look on his face. Our good boy Hopper. Stop fighting. I don't like it when my parents fight. (laughs) (laughs) So then we're back in the Kyrenian woods and Lanfear goes galloping past and she's using a weave of air in order to, to whip the horse to go faster. Uh, which I thought was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Brandon Moraine pop out from behind a road sign and head off in the other direction, be, trying to be all sneaky. Mm-hmm. The old Bugs Bunny. And, and and Rand wants answers from Moraine. Like, why are you back? What's going on? Why? What's, what's with? And that's when Moraine says, look, we thought we killed the Dark One at the Eye of the World. We let Ishamael free. He went on Let Land Fear free. You're going to have to start dealing with Forsaken. It, it, sorry. It's your fault. You got to go deal with them now. You broke it. You clean it. There's too much unbreakable stuff showing up broken. Rand! (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be a slap in the face, though. I mean, he is terrified of, you know, losing his mind to the one power. And then it turns out the reason he used it in the first place is completely turned back on him. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the biggest oh shit in the universe right so then we're back on Toman Head and we have Hopper leading Perrin around and leads him back again to Atuan's mill and Perrin's like uh, why are we back here again and this time Hopper sends him an image of Uno Uno's body just hung in a cage so that's when Perrin's like okay yeah you're right I need to go bury Uno like, why would you do that? Like, it's going to smell. Like, <laughs> That's why you put it outside of town. It's a warning to other people. Yeah, the white cloaks aren't, uh, as we find out, it's the white cloaks. But, uh, yeah, they're they're all about the, the show. Yeah. Very theatrical, the white cloaks. Oh, quite. I mean, you don't get a bright white cloak like that to swing around if you're not going to be theatrical with it. That's <laughs> Exactly. Valid point. <laughs> Perrin sneaks into town and he finds the cage with Uno in it, but he's stopped from breaking it open by Avienda. What are we thinking? Okay, so the White Cloaks were able to not only get the Sean Chan out of there, but then again, that could have been just because it's too far away, supply lines, etc. But they were also able to capture an Aiel. That's it. Yeah. That's an accomplishment. Oh yeah, yeah. It 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 it. Makes the it makes the white cloaks seem a little more badass than they are, but then they should be less badass later. Uh, but right now it's like okay, they captured somebody alive and put them in this put them in the cells with other dead people. 
So tells us a lot about uh, the danger she poses. Tells us a lot about the uh, the danger the white cloaks pose. And uh, who's the damn bad guy in this thing anyway? There's so many. I know, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just pick one. So that's when Dane Bornhold shows up and says, hey, don't get too close to that Aiel. She'll take your arm off. And then he, he gives her some water. And... Tells Perrin, hey, I don't know who you are while you're here, but uh, there's a curfew in town, so you're going to have to stay the night. I assume both from the fact that he is a named character and also the fact that he did not die <laughs> um, <laughs> means that we're going to be seeing more of him. So Dane and Perrin go to sit down in town and, and have a beer and talk. Uh, Perrin's still not aware that he's a white cloak yet. Dane says not to bo- worry about the Aiel. She's a lost cause. Those those Aiel, they're just don't even bother with them. They're they're savage. And that's when Perrin suddenly hears chanting in the distance and realizes he accidentally walked into the middle of the Nuremberg rally. <laughs> that's got to be terrifying, given what happened last time. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's when we find out from Dane that the White Cloaks pushed the Sean Chan out, and and we find out from the innkeeper that the White Cloaks are worse. That's a statement. Yeah. <laughs> After everything we've seen in the Shan Chen, you want, you'd rather have them in charge than the White Club. If you listen to what the innkeeper said, he said, once you swear their oaths, they, they pretty much just leave you alone. Well, you're beneath their notice. It's better to be beneath somebody's notice than to be very much in their notice. That's when our good friend Eamon Valda shows up. Yay! Yay. Valda's yeah, we, we knew that that shoulder shot was enough to take him out. No. Yeah. And he's learned nothing. He's still very much like, oh, yeah, this Aiel is here. And it can't be a coincidence because I say it's not. So let's torture her. <laughs> yeah. Right. Nothing is a coincidence. Yeah. He's such a prick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and just the way he says it, the, the more questions I ask, the more answers I get. Like, yeah, but do the answers necessarily line up with the questions? Yeah. You get the answers you want. Are you even asking the right questions is the the big issue here cia black site waterboarding it's like yeah they'll 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 give you an answer and and i noticed in this scene that valda's arm is actually being on a on a a leather cord as a sling Mm -hmm. um so he's clearly still healing from that stab that Egwene gave him and that was over a year well not quite a year ago yeah so that's so she still did manage to give him a fairly major injury if he's, if he's still lost the use of his arm. And Valda wants to take it to the Sean Chan at Falm. He wants to push them back into the sea. But do we think that that's a possibility? Do we think the, the White Cloaks have that strength? I doubt it. Not when you get the, the full brunt. I mean, probably they pushed the Sean Chan out because they didn't have their Chandlers. Yeah, what, what, yeah once you add Chandlers to the mix, it's, it's kind of a one-sided battle. Right. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't know if he would want to, after the last time he dealt with Chandlers, if he would be so bold, if he knew they had them. I don't know if he knows they even have them. So I just pulled up a map because I have questions. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, so where is it the White Cloaks are from? Amadicia. Amadicia. Okay, so Amadicia. that's to the far south. So they're actually fairly far from home. Yeah. Which... 
mean, I, I mean, if if they were one of the adjacent kingdoms, it would make more sense to me that they feel that they would have the manpower to push the Shan Chen out. Well, I mean, at the same time, think about you. You see where Amadicia is on that map, and you mm -hmm. know where Tarvalon is way over on the other side of the map. And Valda was right outside Tarvalon when he took Perrin and Egwene. Yeah. So clearly, they they don't care about national boundaries. They they go wherever the light is. I'm thinking more in terms of the manpower he commands. Uh, like they lost or not he could some get people enough. in the yeah. fight against the wolves. They must have lost some people. To the Shan Chen, and now you know. Well, I would I would also say that that's you know one squad or one one legion of the White Cloaks. That mm. you know, there's nothing to say there's not more squads or legions or armies out there in other areas. So they might ha they may have already sent out for reinforcements. Yeah, yeah. The dog at the inn starts barking, and we see Valda kind of tense up. <laughs> it's a little jumpy. <laughs> And Dane's like, there's no wolves here. Don't, you, you can calm down. And that's when he, uh, Valda just, you know, says, well, you're just a legacy admittance anyway. So, you know. Yeah, because your father. Okay, so who's yeah. this dude's father now? The Pope. <laughs> pope Bornhold? <laughs> <laughs> there's a comment in the, in the chat. Um, feels like. Like Dane needles Valda about wolves every chance he gets. I absolutely concur. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Dane probably rides off into the into the woods a little bit and then just oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back in the Kyrenian Kyrenian woods. Say that five times fast. Lanfear finds the stable mistress who has stopped to rest the horses even though that was a poor life decision yes, yes. moraine <laughs> told her not to stop and rest the horses but she's like but the horses need rest and the landfair asks her whose idea it was and and that's when the stable mistress says it was clearly the ice that the boy looked like he didn't have a clue what was going on he looked like he was in a daze and i noticed at this point landfair looks a little relieved i didn't catch that until the second watch yeah. and i knew what her relationship to rand was and the idea that you know maybe rand wasn't fully in on this escape plan is a bit of a relief to her right. yeah so you're saying there's a chance yeah <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> the stable mistress says i won't tell anybody where they went i'm, I'm smart enough to know that you're gonna hurt me if i don't and that's when lanfear says yeah i know and then pulls a twilight zone on her as she rides away surprisingly merciful for her yeah <laughs> surprisingly yeah no head exploded just sewed her mouth together to me i have to say this was the one scene in the episode that felt out of place really it it did not feel like lanfear's mo lanfear's more of just a pop your head off rip your guts out, hang you with your own intestines, flay your skin off and, and use it as a handbag kind of person, you know? Yeah. This, this felt to me like a fairly minor, cause I mean, you can, it's, it's thread. You can cut it. Like I've seen this done at fetish nights, you know, like it's entirely reversible. Whereas land fear seems like the kind of person you don't walk away from. But yeah. You know, then again, thinking about it, if somebody did that to you, even if it's thread that you can just cut, you would probably go cut the thread and be like, okay, yeah, not going to talk. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> but point point received. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Lanfear says, uh, that's okay. I'll get them when, when they sleep. 
<laughs> I do find it kind of fascinating that that the dream world is a place in this universe. I didn't know how long they were going to take before they introduced the dream world, and I'm glad they finally got to it because it, to me, it's one of the more fascinating parts about Wheel of Time is their their acknowledgement of the dream world being a place and a place where things actually happen. Mm-hmm. Right, things with consequences. Uh, so then we're back at the White Tower, and our our favorite Varen shows up, and she's meeting up with her brown sisters Naomi and Yasika, and plies them both with booze from from Adelius, and says uh, Adelius says you have to give her some good good dirt in in exchange for this. So 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 this scene settled it for me. I want to be brown, Aja. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hanging around with your feet up reading? Like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like book club every night. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so they ask Varen about her her book. She's apparently writing a his, a, an, a revised history of the world since the breaking. Uh, I, I love that uh, Adelaide's uh, price for sending the, the booze was... You gossip. Gossip. <laughs> Tell oh, yeah. me stories about these people. What's going on in the tower since I've been gone? It also seems like there's a there's a level of trust between the Brown sisters that the other um, women in the tower don't necessarily have, even within their own groups. Like, yeah, at least of the ones we've seen. Yeah, but I mean, mainly because you've got you've got spies, you've got cops, and those are the ones we've really seen inside the world of. So, um, yeah, it's like, why would anybody think that the librarians would be at each other's throat? You know, yeah. they're, they are a cooperative, you know, sort. So, yeah, I would think out of, out of all of the Aja's, the Browns and the, the yellows would probably be the most cohesive together. Mm-hmm. Right. If you've ever partied with librarians or nurses, then you know that to be true. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And also, Varen has no concerns about bringing her brown sisters into kind of the plot to find out what's really going on. Like, But you notice she doesn't give them the whole story. She gives them just enough to make them want to find answers. She doesn't worry about them snitching, you know, that that she's sneaking around the... I would say that that more than just being brown Aja sisters, this particular group feels like, you know, they were they were close. They yeah. they were they went out and did field research together or something, you know. They 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 have some very close bonding time in this this particular group of 3, I feel. They're kind of the Scooby gang of the White Tower. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so we have the Tower Puff girls and now we have the Scooby gang. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so then we go to the ways. We're back in the ways. Oh, and Nynaeve wakes up and Leandrin has them shielded. She says, I'd tell you not to do anything, but, uh, well, you're Nynaeve, so go ahead. And, <laughs> um, and they talk about oaths and ajas, and that's when Nynaeve puts two and two together and gets black aja, which doesn't exist. We are the black aja. There is no black aja. You keep saying that, but it's here. We see it. There is no Black Aja. Siobhan gets the joke. I I get the joke. (laughs) (laughs) 
Did you get one of those? <laughs> one of those? Yes, yes, yes. I Excellent. do believe I did. Yeah. Um, for for people not in on the joke, I'll go ahead and explain it. Uh, Siobhan and I, in the past, have been involved in uh, putting together a, a particular convention, and uh, part of the joke of of it was we said we are the cabal. There is no cabal. And I think the slogan was more trouble than uh, eight arm monkey or something like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so we, <laughs> so that was our logo. <laughs> monkey <laughs> so yes she is part of the black aja there is no black aja okay so then we go back to falm on tomon head and uh we see ishi and suroth alone in suroth's rooms and ishi is dressing down suroth i found this scene really interesting like it seems to me like so this is this is me reading into this shamael allied himself with Suroth under the the plan of helping her gain power. Mm-hmm. And instead he's supplanting her. Like he's manipulated her to the point where she's out of favor and he's in. And I just I just find that really interesting and clever. Yeah. And you know the motivation of the Shan Chan is different than Suroth's motivation Mm -hmm. Uh, as we find out uh speaking to the the high lord whatever turok turok yes he's talking about the light yes he said we have to bind the world together in order to fight the shadow correct so yeah he's got a he's got a black aja right there right in the middle of his organization too so yeah they are both on the side of well not they, but like the White Tower and the uh, and the Shan Chan have the same end goal uh, in terms of you know dark versus light, mm-hmm. but much different ways of going about it. Very different ways of going about it. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> I understate. Another small detail that I caught for the first time in this scene. Well, apart from the fact that she has no eyebrows. Um, <laughs> took me a little while. I'm looking at her face going, what's wrong with this woman's face? Oh, she's got no eyebrows. When you see Turok for the first time, it's very obvious that he has decorative scars on his head. Mm-hmm. Like some of them are very clearly, you know, uh, put there on purpose. And I realized because this is the first time you see Suroth without her mask on, she also has some subtle scarring on her temples. Mm-hmm. And then from that, I started looking at some of the other people in the Shan Chen, and almost all of them, the higher status you are, the more scars you have. Mm-hmm. So apart from the, the the long fingernails, they also do this thing where you're, you have actual carvings in your skin to designate like your rank. Ritual scarification. Yeah. yeah, which I find really interesting choice. Like your status is very physically visible they change your body i guess i'll go ahead and, and point this out to you right now um, if you notice high lord turok is completely shave-headed mm-hmm. he's bald if you notice suroth has something like a top knot in the back it starts about midway and then goes back in a mohawk from there yep and if you look at some of the other shan chan nobles in that scene they have more of like a full mohawk or just one side of their head shaved Less hair, more status. Bingo. Gotcha. So in the Sean Chan empire, if you are a person with, say, male pattern baldness, 
you are going to wear a wig at all times while in public because otherwise you might be seen as trying to live above your status. Interesting. I just I just find the the whole the whole idea that they are actually changing their bodies to indicate rank is just fascinating. And it's an interesting way of creating a, a cultural mindset. In this scene between Surath and Ishamael, he dresses her down and then she starts dressing him down like, hey, you're here at my invitation. You aren't a member of the blood. I am. And that's when Ishamael has to remind her, hey, uh, remember who you really serve. And I've got I've got blackmail material on you. So yeah. step in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we see her lower her eyes and, and immediately become meek. That's when he says Tarman Gaidan is going to happen here in the skies above Falm. Interesting prediction. Yeah. And wasn't that the one from earlier, uh, that same omen, about the branded hand holding the sword? Mm-hmm. Branded hand yeah. holding a flaming sword, yeah. And, and something about the skies of Falm, yeah. Yes, and we've seen branded hands with the people that were, that were taking part in the hunt for the horn. We've seen the flaming sword, the warder. So, hmm, things are set, being set up. Uh, so then we get to Atuan's mill, and Perrin sneaks back out of the motel. It is almost impossible to be sneaky in a wooden building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sneak out now. And he opens the cage for Avienda. And and I want to note to point out here the incredible strength that Perrin exhibits as he loosens the the rope and slowly lowers the cage down to the ground by hand. Blacksmith. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. That's blacksmith strength right there, because that is a steel cage with a full grown human inside of it. Um, And Avienda doesn't leave the cage when he opens it. And she's like, why? One of you wetlanders puts me in here. Another wetlander brings me out. What the fuck? And it took me a while to realize the wetlanders is because, well, she comes from the desert. Every place else has water. Wetlander is not necessarily somebody on the coast. It's just somebody where things are green. Somebody where you actually get rainfall. Right. There's rain, there's rivers, there's lakes. And uh, that's what Perrin says. People just shouldn't be in cages. That's wrong. And she accepts that as an answer and gets out of the cage. Probably the best thing mm-hmm. you could have said. Yeah. yeah. It's not personal. It's just, <laughs> this is bullshit. Yeah. 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 She introduces herself. She is Avienda. She is Fardar Esmai of the Nine Valleys Sept of the Tardat Aiel. There's a question for you in chat there, Rourke. On a scale from 10 to 10, how, how much did I like Avi? 11. <laughs> She's a badass. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And she says to him, my water is yours. Which is a big thing if you're from the desert. Um, And that's when white cloaks decide they want to come to the disco. They they heard the the beat starting. They're like, oh, hey, it's time to dance. Let's go. I want to (laughs) Got show up in their John Travolta outfits, you know. (laughs) The beat is on the one and the three where even the white cloaks can find it. (laughs) Uh, that's what dane says hey look i've watched a lot of old jackie chan movies all right (laughs) 
don't go one at a time. You got to go all at once. If you go one at a time, <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. And what do they do? They go one at a time. One at a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, imagine when you're fighting against one person and you have really long swords, it's hard not to get in each other's way. That's yeah. true. That's true. We see Perrin tries to protect her at the beginning of the battle, tries to put his hand in front of her, like, get behind me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, you're so she's sweet. Like, <laughs> it wasn't you're even cute. you're so sweet or you're cute. It was just like, <laughs> 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 Like, uh, let, you get behind me, blacksmith. Like, I, I got this. And that's when <laughs> Avi fills her dance card. Oh, does she ever? Man. That was some nice the, choreography. The, wow. Oh, beautiful. Um, About this scene, I have to say, from a choreography standpoint, it was absolutely gorgeous. Speaking of those old Jackie Chan movies, it, it had that feel. It, they, they really had that good, good stunt feel. Um, yeah. as far as Avienda herself, uh, she always pulls on her high kicks and she's, she never follows through completely when she does a, like a leg sweep takedown. Um, she's been doing that for years and, and she just needs to work on that. But, you know, all in all, I'd, I'd have her fight in my clan any day. Okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the book fans are laughing. <laughs> the the one critique I have for it from a filmmaking perspective is I would have liked to have seen a lot more medium shots. We were talking about the Jackie the Jackie Chan thing. Yeah. There's a lot of longer medium shots instead of the quick camera the quick moving edits, yeah. quickly. Uh, you know, it it works. I I think it works better in more well lit. Like you can go back to the the blood snow in in a better lit uh scene yeah you know for me that works that works better in the dark it's a little hard especially watching streaming things get blurry uh because of compression so it's not the it's it it could have been a little a little better uh in terms of the cinematography you know to really show what was going on in the fight choreography i was trying to figure out a way to watch it in slow motion so that yeah. I could, so that I could get a, you know, kind of track the different beats. I liked a that it was a little difficult to follow because, frankly, watching Aiel fight should be somewhat confusing and disorienting, and and I felt like that came across very well. Like you weren't sure where Avienda was going to pop up next. Perrin uh, stops her from killing Dane because he points out, "Hey, mm -hmm. he gave you water." Yep. She's and, and that look that she gave him when he said we we need to go. I, I loved that look. Like, God damn it, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but I was impressed by the fact that she stopped. He said, yeah. wait, and she did. She just froze. Like she listens to him. She just met the man, <laughs> but already she's listening. His eyes were glowing at the time. She may have recognized that something was going on. Our next scene is in Kyrian and Moraine drops in on Avier again and says, hey, we're just here for supplies, then hitting the road. I need two horses, uh, uh, a pack of cigarettes, sunglasses, and, and we're good. Hit it. And that's when, when Rand says, wait, she can come for me in my dreams? Like, like we can't go to sleep. You have to, you have to be able to do something about that. And she's like, nope, no sleeping. No sleep till Kyrie and come on. 
<laughs> you can do something with the one power, can't you? No. No. And she's like, yeah, she's she's got Freddy skills. Like, she'll <laughs> she'll she'll be in there all dream warrioring your ass. It, yeah, she's not one, gonna be good. Two Lanfers coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if Lanfear had been the the custodian at my elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) Always mopping up blood, though. And that's, uh, we we discovered that Anvier and Barthanis are are having a cake tasting for Barthanis' upcoming wedding. And Barthanis is so excited to see his Auntie Moraine. I love the interaction between these two. He only knows her as his aunt. Who, yeah. And yeah. and as cold as Moraine is trying to be, some of that affection just bleeds through in spite of herself. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's like you could see little tiny glimpses of the person she used to be with her family. Um, and another thing I noticed here is uh, they're kind of flip-flopping the traditional wedding planning situation here. It's it's the groom, and, the yeah. Cake. The groom is doing the cake tasting. Well, then again, well, the he's the one who's got to impress the, the new wife, right? That's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. And that's when Moraine says, "Hey, uh, can you uh, like feed and bathe my Rand over here for me? Well, I got to run back to my room and pack some shit. I, I've got some spliffs there that I need to that that I forgot about." <laughs> I love that um, when she goes to introduce Rand, her sister says, "We've met." <laughs> and yeah. does this little double take. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> then we're back in the White Tower, and Varen is visiting Shirium, and she she's say, hey, "Where are the Tower Puff girls at? I hear about these awesome awesome new novices." And Shirium says, "Oh, they're probably out doing chores or something." And that's when Varen's like, "Nope, they're not there. They're not in class. They're not in the bathrooms. They're not out in the park. They're not anywhere in Tarvalon." I get a serious Columbo vibe. From I, I said this exact same thing to Madeline earlier. Hey, one, oh, and one just more one question. more thing. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that and went, oh, detective work. I love it. She's very good at zeroing in on the right path to get the answers she wants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense that the browns are sort of the combination of the reds and the blues. You know, this is a detective. This is not just a librarian. This is yeah. a detective. Research skills makes absolute sense. Yeah. Um, and that's when we find out that Shiriam signed the Tower Puff Girls out. Oh, oh, it looks like uh, I signed them out three days ago. I, it's funny that it slipped my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's when Viren says, hey, uh, remember that book on MacGuffins that you took out from the library? I need to go see that. <laughs> You know, the research on red herrings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they go off to Shiriam's room, and that's when uh, Yassica gets to do her thing. She goes in. Sneaky and, spy thing. Yeah, she's, she is the spy camera. She doesn't have the yes. little spy camera. She is the spy camera. Yeah. <laughs> and and thrilled to be taking part in this, oh, this little bit of espionage. Yeah. <laughs> it's a caper. Yay. Yeah, you got to figure the librarian Scooby gang has to love getting into a caper. Oh, of course. Of course. And Yassica brings the goods back. Apparently, her eidactic memory is so good that she can recreate things that she's seen. 
because she's she's written down what she saw in the book and that's when Varen asks well this tremor in the the writing could that be compulsion and that's when Yaska says what what, what wait what compulsion that's that, that doesn't exist that that's part of the black aja which doesn't exist so is this the first time we hear about compulsion yes i believe so because i mean it's fairly obvious what it is somebody is being yeah. told what to do and they're unable to resist it's kind of like when when he said it's wolf brother it's what what it sounds like yeah 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 <laughs> compulsion it's what it sounds like <laughs> if nothing else robert jordan was good at coming up with names that you can just grok immediately yeah because this is the first time black aja is actually mentioned by those words by someone in the tower We've said it so much in this show that I don't remember. Yeah, that's the, the problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this is the first time in the show that an actual Aes Sedai has said the words Black Aja. So then we're back on Tomon Head, and uh, Leandrin is exiting the Waygate with the Towerpuff Girls and gives them straight up to Suroth. There's a little bit of angry territorial pissing <laughs> yes a wee bit suroth with of course her entire retinue is there and suroth says that she wants to put a collar on this marath damani herself so the marath damani are sort of the the slave trainee channelers so damani that is damani is, is a channeler damani is a slave channeler slave channeler okay marath damani is one who has not yet been leashed. Damani means leashed. Martha okay. Damani is not yet leashed. Gotcha. So the default condition is enslaved in their language. And that's when Leandrin bounces and she wakes the girls on her way out. And I think she that did that on purpose. I That was definitely yeah. a fuck mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I know what these, these girls can do. I'm just going to let They're going to make it. your yeah. life more difficult for the yeah. next. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not going to be around for it. Yeah. Nynaeve, of course, her block is in place and she's not able to do anything, but Elaine immediately attacks. And, and Oh, yeah. And, that was impressive. Yeah. And the girls all run and the Demane and the Suldam follow. And unfortunately, they seem to catch Aggie. Thoughts going through your head at this point? One thing when the, uh, when the, the Shan Chan Chandlers channel it's not just like this emotion it is like i mean it's like voguing it's very ceremonial it's very cool yeah. looking it's really it shows the different ways that that they use the power going through it in in uh you know pausing looks like there's fire there's air there's multiple weaves happening here so they're advanced it did make me wonder if there are specific hand motions associated with performing specific tasks you don't have to concentrate and hard as hard on what you're trying to accomplish because that's invoked by the motions you use you've already trained yourself kind of muscle memory yeah you you've you've this motion means blow the shit out of something so <laughs> it means your reflexes are going to be faster you're going to be much better um in a situation like battle where you have to be quick and on top of things. Not necessarily accurate, you know. They can't really hit a moving target very well. Uh, so then we go back to Perrin and Avienda on Toman Head, and they have a chat. And Perrin asks her why she's so far from the waste. 
that's when she says yeah, yeah that uh, that's your word for it wetlander we that's that's not what we call it it's the threefold land it's a shaping stone to make us a testing ground to prove our worth and a punishment for the sin uh parent asks her what's the sin and she says fuck i know we're paying for it it was three thousand years ago nobody remembers yeah yeah Yeah, that concept of original sin it's not really universal you don't see it in a lot of uh in a lot of religions very catholic yeah that's oh yeah yeah see i didn't assume it was original sin so much as one of our ancestors fucked up and that's why we're on the side of the mountains where shit don't grow (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 the sins of the fathers and the sins of the sons, kind of thing uh, she says, I'm I'm here in the wetlands searching for the Karakarn. The Karakarn. I want to know if they're talking about the dragon. Could be. I mean, Since... we know that Rand is Aiel. Mm-hmm. And we know that he's the dragon. So That was my thought, there's... too, yeah. Maybe there's this whole thing about, you know, at some point there will be an Aiel who is, like, the big boss, and we have mm-hmm. to help him in his fight to save the world or something. I don't know. I'm projecting, but I just think it's really interesting that there's this chief of chief. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a pretty good projection to go from chief of chiefs, yeah. which as Axel has pointed out in, in one of our very first episodes was that in Welsh history, uh, the, the leader was known as dragon mm. and that was a term meaning chief or chief of chiefs. Oh, intriguing. I like yeah. it. I, I really wish Axel was here because the fact that, that that was brought up in one of our very first episodes, like I was biting my lips. So. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so standing in for Axel today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, there, there, it, it really makes sense that that would, that would be what's going on. And the fact that she happens to become the first member of Perrin's pack, you know, where they have the same kind of a similar, a similar goal, you know, to help out the friends. Convenient how that happens. It's nice. And he asks her where she's going. And she says, I'm, I'm going with you because of my toe. And he's like, what, what did you stub your toe? What's going on? (laughs) And grow nail? What's what's happening here? She says, no, G-I-T-O. It is, it is the ideal way of life. I have toe to you because you freed me when you did not need to free me. So. My water is yours. Yeah. My water is yours. There you go. And then we found out how I flirt. They're very straightforward. <laughs> 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 and Perrin does not know what to do with his face. <laughs> that's yeah that's an accurate uh, depiction there (laughs) so i gotta ask are we getting shipping goggles with perrin and and avienda avienda's obviously into it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i can see it it could be i mean if she's around when he gets rid of his ring hmm, yep i could see that do you think she would settle for a wetlander well, if it was a, a especially good wetlander, right? yeah, <laughs> maybe she likes you know, dogs. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, he's he's not your average wetlander by any no, stretch. No, yeah. I mean, if you happen to like dogs, it's always puppy time around Perrin. 
And I love the fact that Hopper is just sitting there with them and Avienda is just like, yep, yeah, there's a wolf there. Yep, she's yep. just rolling with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she likes dogs. So, okay, this this could happen. And then we are back on Tomon Head in Falm. And Nynaeve and Elaine sneak into the city. That's when Elaine realizes where they are and realizes they are a long way from home. Elaine is like, okay, we need to lay low. We need to, we need to figure out where we're at. We need to get some new clothes. We need a plan. And Nynaeve gets a bit judgy with her. Well, oh, these clothes aren't good enough for you, your highness. No, we just stick out like a sore thumb, you moron. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Nynaeve's letting stress um, make her stupid. We also kind of see that prejudice that she has. Yeah coming out she's like oh you're a queen's daughter yeah you've had everything handed to you on a silver platter you don't know what the hell's going on yeah but she hasn't been hanging out drinking pruno with her like uh yeah like Egwene has. that's when elaine is like no look we need to look different we need to stay low they're looking for people that look like us so we need to not look like us come on um and then that's when they both get knocked out by what I'm presuming is Loyal's cousin, because he's a big boy. <laughs> that is a very, very large piece of man right there. Yeah. Um, then we go back to the White Tower, and uh, Varen runs into Leandrin, who apparently has just returned from Falm. And Leandrin's like, "Oh, hey, Varen, how's it going? Would you like some white asparagus? I just went back to my hometown and got some white asparagus. You can only get it there at this time of year." You want some white asparagus that's not an alibi? <laughs> Baron doesn't buy any of this. Oh, no, not <laughs> I mean, at this all. is not up to Leandrin's normal level of lying. But just watching the kind of, like, verbal fencing match go on was just... <laughs> and that's when Leandrin's like, oh, I heard that a royal caravan was attacked. That couldn't be our girls, could it? Oh, no. Varen's getting a lot of information out of this conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's not the information Le- Leandrin thinks she's getting. No, out. not at all. Varen <laughs> yep. is nobody's fool. This is all f- falling together yeah. very conveniently. Yeah. Yes. Then we're back in Kyrian, and Moraine and Anvier are having a talk. And Moraine says, I'm, I'm surprised you're not grilling Rand. He seems like he'd be easier to get answers out of than me. And that's... When Avir says, yeah, well, Barthanis likes him, and he said to just leave him alone. And and that's when they talk about the men in this family are, are all a bunch of softies. Their dad was also a, a big softie. But their uncle. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> I just love that little family interplay. Mm-hmm. Just just the idea that their dad was this big softie that loved the hell out of them, and they were just plotting at each other's throats the whole time. <laughs> yes. Oh, the family dynamic, you know, it's very, uh, it's very sitcom-y kind of thing. You know, the big goofy dad, mom was probably, you know, the spark mouth hot girl and yeah. And I have to say, I like that they, they say straight up, Barthanis is a softy. He's not made for this kind of intrigue that we involve ourselves in. Right. And, and just the fact that there is somebody in Kyrian who is not, who isn't innocent, who is not part of all of that is, is kind of nice. Yeah. He's very lucky in that respect, then, that he's going to be the king, because yeah, this otherwise, is true. otherwise he'd be, if this is a very political city, otherwise he'd be pulled into that politics, and he's not cut out for it. Yeah, but as a yeah, king, he can kind of get away with being blissfully ignorant. Protected by really strong women. You know, not only the queen, but also his mother, his aunt, you know. Yeah. He's got people watching his back, and he has no idea. And uh, Anvier gives... 
Maureen some old advice that Maureen gave her, which is, is it true? And Maureen is like, yes, of course it's true. Lanfear is after us. Lanfear is like, no, you need to get down further. Is it true that he needs your protection? I love the, I love the, that you can see the, the, the thought process go on on Moraine's face. Yeah. Yeah. As she figures it out. The eyes are <laughs> like, goes, wait a minute. <gasps> I'm not trying yeah. to protect some river boy. This is the damn dragon. But then we jump back to Teleron Riyadh where Ishii is cuddling with Rand. It's such a sweet. Isn't that scene. cute? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Ishii knows right away it's Lanfear and they start just complaining about this modern age. They're like, can you believe they're still using horses? horses. 3000 years later. Look at this shit. Look at the cut of these clothes. Have they even heard about draping? I mean, what is, what is. (laughs) So this gives some credence to, we had talked about on a previous episode who, uh, who her ex was Landfair's ex was. And we were going on about the dark one and possibly a she, but David in offline chats, I wish he was here to, to gloat about it because it really seems like she's talking about loose Theron. Yeah. Yeah. The part of David currently being played by Greg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> feel, feel free to gloat in his, uh, <laughs> I told his you, honor. I told you. <laughs> no. no, I, I, it starts to make more sense now when we see the interaction between Lanfear and Ishii. Yeah, this is this is not an ex-lovers interaction. No. This is a this is co-workers that have been Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it does bring up there's there's even a scene where he says, you know, are you going to betray me? And she laughs and says, obviously. And they both kind of play it off. But if the whole reason she's doing this is for Rand, can Rand pit her against Ishamael? Like, is that now suddenly on the table? I kind of took it as, uh, would you betray me in order to gain favor with the Dark One? You know, because if, if he's the top lieutenant, uh, you know, she could make a power move to become the next lieutenant. Yeah, he's daddy's favorite right now. Right. But... Lieutenant and right-hand man kind of mean the same thing, which I just thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just find it interesting that we now find out what her motivations are. This she went to the dark side to get Luce Theron, and now maybe that's on the table all of a sudden. Maybe there's you know some more power plays coming up. <laughs> Suddenly, yep. when when she says, "Did you just say you love me?" Yeah, mm-hmm. takes a whole new meaning. Yeah, yep. it's like this is crack two at the dragon. Yeah, she's 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 been waiting three thousand years for that. Yep. Um, so then they talk about uh, Moraine and and Lanfear says, "I'm surprised you left her alive." And he's like, "Hey, she's more used to me alive." And she's like, "Yeah, but she can't even channel." And he's like, "Hey, desperation leads people to do stupid things, like you know, join the shadow." Hmm. Yep. If she's got the promise to, uh, you know, he's the one that took it away. He can give it back. And Ishi asks Lanfear if she knows why he was woken first. And Lanfear says, well, Mogedian's insane, Grandel's a vain idiot, and the boys couldn't channel their way out of a wet paper bag. So. <laughs> I'm, ass- I'm hoping we're going to meet them as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we need, a, 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 we need more of the Forsaken. So 
We need to break more unbreakable shit. Yes. Rand. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's when Ishamael says, no, the reason I was woken first is because the rest of you just lust after power and things. And I'm the only one who truly understands what it is to be a part of the dark. The only way to stop this madness is to stop the wheel itself. It's pretty rich coming from a guy who's got like unlimited power and can do anything he wants. Like how right. much suffering is he really experiencing here? <laughs> yeah. She says that, Hey, I noticed that you're getting better at dreaming. You, you just made a rand in the bed over there. And, and he says, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of time to practice. 3000 years. Dreamwalking. They discuss their plans, and that's when Ishamael lays some of his out. He's like, uh, the girls are, are lost. Matt has been mine from the day he was born, and Perrin is nearly a wolf. So we're going to have all of Rand's friends. Once we have that, we'll have Rand. He's getting the band back together. He's bringing them all to foam. Yep. Because that's where... Uh, Min was supposed to bring Matt as well, right? No, no. Was Min was supposed to bring Matt to Kyrian. Oh, was he? Okay. Where Rand currently is. Oh, okay. So the, still trying to bring them together because now Matt is near Rand. I think Ishamayel suffers from a little bit of overconfidence. Just a little. <laughs> you think? <laughs> just a little. <laughs> just, I don't just a think that the uh, Two Rivers crew are quite as malleable as he's... He's claiming. Um, what do we think about him saying Matt was his from birth? Well, we know that that Matt has his shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, He's susceptible. Yeah. And always has been. But I think that, like, Ishamayel is just assuming that Matt will fall to the dark side because he's weak. But I, I don't think he's, he's as weak as Ishamayel is claiming he is. And he does love his friends. So our next scene, we are on Falm and Toman Head again. Um, Ishi is now back in the real world. Uh, he wakes up and is summoned before the High Lord Turok. And Turok is suspicious. He's like, uh, you're not from Sean Chan, but you came over with us and you kind of came out of nowhere. And now you're suddenly at the right hand of, of Suroth. What gives? And uh, Ishi kisses some really good ass. He plays that scene very well. He does. Yeah. Says all the right things. Oh, I couldn't possibly see the omens. Only the Empress is important enough to see the omens. Um, and Turok grants him a boon. And she just says, hey, um, Surath is going to offer you a gift. I just ask that you take it in good, in good faith. We jump over to Nynaeve and Elaine, who have just woken up. And it turns out that they've been caught by a yellow and her warder. Probably the best possible thing that could have happened to them. Exactly. It just goes to show that, you know, Elaine was right. And and I loved this, this Aes Sedai and her warder. They just had such an awesome look to them. Mm -hmm. It's the first time we get to see a yellow in the field. That isn't like, you know, being burned at the stake. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so then we jump back and Suroth is presenting Egwene as a gift to Turok. With a disco bag over her head. 
Yeah, yeah, it was like I was saying, if you, you glow up the prisoners in order for right. them to be presentable at court, and they just shove this like golden veil over her head. They say that she's the most powerful Damani they have seen in a very long time. And then we see a horrible scene where Egwene is collared. That was disturbing. Yeah. I watched Ishamael's face when Egwene was unveiled, because he was expecting two women and got one. Yeah. The look that she gives Turok, his head should have blown up. Yeah. <laughs> then we jump to our last scene, and we are back in Kyrian. Moraine wants Rand to sleep and says, look, it's your own choice. Lanfear was loose there in Slover before he broke up with her, and that's what turned her to the dark. I don't think she actually wants to hurt you, so you should be okay if you go to sleep. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Rand goes to sleep and wakes up in Teleran Riyadh, strapped to a wheel in the middle of a desert, sitting across from all of my exes. Uh, nice. <laughs> my first reaction to that scene was nice boots. <laughs> my first reaction is you probably should have established a safe word before you fell asleep. Yeah, really. May not want to hurt, hurt you, but yeah, she's into some kinky shit. She is definitely dressed for a meeting with her ex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one thing, that I, one thing that gets mentioned in the discussion that, uh, that Rand has with Moraine is the fact that she was a dark friend. So we get that explanation. I didn't really get it from the conversation between Lanfear and Ishi that she was a dark friend, you know, Basically, she got to become a Forsaken just by being in love with Luciferin. So, so I think back to the uh, the scene in season one where we see Luciferin in the in the former age. There's a baby. What's up with that? Chekhov's infant. Is that is that Lanfear's child? So he was, I think it was established, at least in the extra material, that he was married and had yeah. kids. Yes. So that would have, one assumes, happened after Lanfear. Yeah. Could the other Forsaken be other children of Luz Theron? That would be interesting if all of the Forsaken have some kind of relationship with the first dragon. Yeah. <laughs> with the possible exception of... Uh, of Ishi, because it doesn't seem like, you know, that wasn't really kind of a motherly relationship that... <laughs> but we don't that we don't had. know Ishamael's history yet, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah he could have been... Uh, he, he was getting pretty cozy with Rand in that bed. When, oh, when yeah, he was. Yeah. So, theories. Theories and questions. <laughs> yeah. Lou's got around, man. At, yeah. All right, we got to add those theories to the, the theory board. Oh, plan is a nice, uh, nice one in the chat. Uh, Forsaken, the evil exes of lose. It's like <laughs> it's, it's, all of a sudden it's Scott Pilgrim. All right, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> Rand, you must fight my seven <laughs> evil exes. <laughs> There's seven Forsaken, aren't there? Uh, in the books, there are thirteen. Um, in the show, it we suspect they're going to do eight. Okay, because right. they showed. They showed us eight Forsaken action figures, and the seals have eight points on the star. Okay. We're assuming they pared it down to just eight for the show. Yeah, makes sense. 
13 is kind of a, a significant number to use, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's a significant number, but it's also a whole lot of people to cast. Yep. Voltron theory to Scott Pilgrim theory. <laughs> I'm liking this. I like Scott Pilgrim theory. I'm, I'm getting on board with Scott Pilgrim yeah. theory. I like yeah, I dig it. Voltron theory is old news. Yeah. Michael Sarah's the new dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean Captain America is Ishi? Ooh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any more thoughts about episode five, Damane, now that we know what Damane means? It brings up a lot of possibilities. It just, it doesn't answer questions as much as it does bring up more, you know, because the question gets answered, but then like 15 questions pop up from that. So, yeah, yeah I, I really like how they keep it expanding things by revealing a little at a time, which just brings more, more possibilities in. Which is very much how, how the books were written as well. Every time you got to the end of a book, you, you would hope that you would get some closure to a storyline and sometimes you would, but you'd have eight more storylines to follow. Right. <laughs> it, it always felt like, how is this all going to wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> this is never going to end. I like the strategy they're using of introducing new characters by linking them to existing characters. You don't just mm -hmm. have faces show up out of the blue and you have to figure out who they are. Avienda is introduced through Perrin, you know, Elaine is introduced through Egwene. Um, mm -hmm. Varen is introduced through Moraine. Like there's, yeah. it makes it, because you are already starting to get to the point where the cast is getting bigger and bigger, <laughs> mm -hmm. but you know who everybody is because they have a relationship with the people you already know. Yeah, connecting in that way. Yeah, the like the the Aes Sedai, the new Aes Sedai that they've uh, they've introduced. It's you know, Moraine introduces uh, Varen, and Varen has brought out you know not only the Golden Girls but also the Scooby Gang. I also want to say that I hope that Egwene's stay with the Sean Chen goes as well for the Sean Chen as it did for the White Cloaks. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah oh god if the white cloaks do show up and actually do push the sean chan out is Egwene gonna be like my heroes uh, uh, <laughs> i think it may be not given that oh. you know yeah they've got history child valdo will be there he'll be like oh how very interesting to run into you again <laughs> right that's that's the definition of out of the frying pan into the fire yeah. i think one other thing I wanted to bring up is we now have seen all three of the characters that I have seen used to name things out of these books. And I expect them to, to continue to be used and, and get even more popular. Those three are Perrin. I, I, I myself know two people with children named Perrin. Okay. Oh, wow. And one person with a dog named Perrin. Nice. Uh, that is Hopper. I know several people with dogs named Hopper. Okay. And that is Avienda. I know so many people with a child named Avienda. It is not funny. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. And and I'm expecting that to, to take off more now that it's in the popular culture a bit more. Hmm. Interesting. But this is not going to be like those people that named their daughters Khaleesi before they knew what was. Yeah, before they saw season meant. six. <laughs> yeah. And with that, I think uh, we've 
just about covered everything we can with this episode uh, and then some. So, Greg, if you want to take us out. Certainly. First of all, we need to thank Michael and Jen at the Watch Party Secret Island headquarters. Thank, thank you, Michael, thank and Jen. You, Michael, Michael and Jen. Michael and Jen. They are our home as well as home to our sister podcast, Watch Party Gaming, Watch Party Lord of the Rings, and a Watch Party of Ice and Fire. You can find all of these at more at your favorite purveyors of podcasts. While you're there, rate and review us. It really helps us get out there. Uh, we want to get as many people as possible into our own little community. We've got a couple of people in the chat that have found us uh, through the through <laughs> who knows how they found us, but <laughs> but they were able to join us through the Discord here yes. live, and you can yes. jo- you can do that too. Join our Discord, join our Instagram, our Twitter. We're all at What Watch Party. Uh, all of our all of our links can be found at whatwatchparty.com. You can get to us. You can find us. Send us email for our mailbag. You can email us at whatwatchparty at gmail.com. And we may read your question on the air. And now it's time for a final question. And that final question coming from Stephen in the Discord. And that is, who would you like to see with their own situation comedy spinoff in wheel of time so as the token canadian i feel that i should uh do a reboot of the littlest hobo with hopper as the star there you go <laughs> i was kind of thinking trailer park boys with the uh with matt brand and uh perrin uh <laughs> perrin would be bubbles this is yeah <laughs> I was going to say, do you want to do Trailer Park Boys or do you want to do... Uh, Letterkenny? Letterkenny, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that would be the better... I, I mean, yeah. Rand, Rand is definitely... Uh, Wayne. Um, Wayne. Yeah. Um, Squirrely Dan would be would be Perrin. Yeah. And well, uh, the other guy Matt would be... Matt would be Derry. Matt. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, I could see that. But I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, with the wacky adventures of Parrot and Avi, you know, let's uh, let's have a road comedy going on with them, sort of like BJ and the Bear, except with wolves. <laughs> so, so I wanted to do the buddy comedy thing also, but uh, I wanted to do a buddy comedy with uh, Hopper and Eamon Valda. <laughs> I can't see that going well. <laughs> oh no, that's kind of the hope. Yeah, yeah. it's like. It'd be short for one, you know. <laughs> so my original answer to that question had been uh, on the Discord had been um, Elaine and Egwene doing Laverne and Shirley in the White Tower. Schlamazel, <laughs> schlamazel, <laughs> Tangriol Incorporated. I don't know. That leads to the question: Who would be uh, Lenny and Squiggy in that Hello. scenario? <laughs> and who would be the big ragu? That's what really. god we're old actually actually i i have another answer for this i want to see a show a la lower decks but of the sean chan lower blood (laughs) you know that would actually be really cool